I'm good. You John this before? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't be too laid back. Yeah, I'm dating. <laughs> what? I got you, bro. I I'm got say, you. Huh? All right. Five, four. Uh, it's been kicking in. Yeah, that four was that four was tough. Mm-hmm. Five, four. Feel good. All right, well, was we ready? Yeah. Ready, Evan. And welcome back to another episode of the Far Out Perspective Podcast. I'm Kurt Architect. Your boy, Y Two Times, your girl's favorite ex. Right, goddammit. And we're back with a special guest, another episode. Uh, Our boy, man, he's been a part of the brand from the very beginning. Um, If you're familiar with Far Out, how it started, its origins with Battle Rap, this is the first guy we really kind of molded it around to help support. Uh, me and, uh, of course, our boy Shane, long live Shane. We came up with the idea to do something, be a management team. I came up with the name, and this was our first person that really embraced what it was to be far out, uh, being yourself for the talented, unique, and misunderstood. It is the first person that um, told me artists could relate to that, too, as far as feeling far out, like their style, their music, what they see is different and far out. So this is the first person, day one, on board from the beginning through thick and thin, the whole rebranded, always been here, um, made a name for himself in Charlotte with Battle Rap, really took it to new levels. Nobody's really done it like him outside of out of Charlotte with Battle Rap from internationally traveling from Toronto to London to things coming up in Africa. Like he's really literally been on different continents and literally been overseas off of Battle Rap. I got my passport because of him to travel, you know what I mean, out the country to go support. Um, if you know him, Charlotte, Zay, you know, that's his whole tag, Charlotte. Uh, y'all know who he is, man. Battle Rap Pioneer, award winner for Charlotte. That's Battle Rap Pioneer. Talk about it, talk about it. You know, he's created a lane for himself, man, for people to follow. Um, really the first of his kind out of here to really make it in a major way for Battle Rap. So we have none other than Far Out Original. We got Young Zay in the building. Appreciate you, man. That hey. sounds that sound like a Hall of Fame speech introduction. You man. know, man, I you couldn't come up short with an introduction. I appreciate you. you, man. I was yeah. going to keep letting you go. <laughs> no, man, I had to, you know what I mean? Do that just do. Well, what's up, you. man? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Shit, yeah. man, you know? How you doing, man? We Bullsh- good, bro. You know how it is. Bullshit. We good, man. <laughs> how are you? How your, how your energy? My energy? Yeah, I think that's a good way to ask people how they doing. <laughs> Uh, my energy is is better than the weather. Better than the weather. Okay, it is a gloomy day here in Charlotte today. Yeah. I feel that. That's good. That's good to hear, man. You know, we had Nick on here too, and um, you know, our first episode of this year is dedicated to Shane. The whole year, really, in general, just everything he supported with your career in battle rap, right? Always being on board. So we talked with Nick a little bit how we got to know Shane. Um, but how would you say your introduction is to Shane, or just some of your stories with? Right. Give us a funny. Yeah. Funny story is uh, how you something. met him. You know what I mean. My introduction to Shane, uh, ironically, it was with Kurt, because um, me and Kurt we known each other since ninth grade. We both ended up going to Smith, and uh, I thought uh, me and Kurt were gonna be best friends. Like I like I seen Kurt over the summer. I was like, oh, you going to Smith too? I bet we're gonna be roommates and all that. Time to get the roommate situated. He like, nah, I already got a roommate. Hmm. I'm like who? Next thing you know, he introduced me to Shane, and we just kind of clicked. We just clicked for there. It wasn't, like, no particular thing that made that happen. It was just, like, natural. It wasn't because he was Kurt's roommate. 
uh, it was just, you know, it was a natural thing. And we just kind of built the relationship from there and it just kind of just took off. You ain't look at them like, man, fuck them fat boys. That's what I would have said. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not at all, man. We used to get into it with them, man. I ain't going to get into that story, but, you know, we done went back and forth a couple of times. That's what friends do. Yeah. Shame, man, but uh, yeah, you say you've been doing all right since everything, or just day by day type of thing. Yeah, it's a day by day um thing. You know, I had uh prior to this week, I had been doing a lot better. You know, um, but you know, it's just one of those things. Things can hit you. You don't really uh understand how much somebody is involved in your life until they're no longer there. Mm-hmm. And right. I see that a lot. You know, certain conversations that I would have, or just call, just to you know talk talk shit you know what i'm saying like i call different friends for different things you know i'll call you currently like, hey you know what i'm saying we, we talk about whatever i call shane talk about whatever but other friends you might not necessarily have that extent to what you can say and talk about so mm-hmm. um him not being around anymore that's you know i i see the void you know i see where oh damn i would call him here like yeah. getting ready for battles now it's an emotional period because he's somebody I always call before every battle and get that that critique as well as that like you good to go you know um and so not having that now it's just like all right it's it's hard to continue doing something you started with somebody with and now you got to do it on your own and you just so that's difficult but at the end of the day um I am thankful for the relationship that me and him did have and the memories as well as uh the impact that he had on all of us as a friend group, you know, because mm-hmm. um, even though he's gone, we're still able to be close and be with each other, right? You know, and st- spend time together, and that's what he would want in general. So it's not as if we um, lost him and then everything just went away. Like we all gonna grow stronger from this. So mm-hmm. that is the uh, bright side of the, you know, the outlook of everything. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, definitely with you on that. Um, kind of uh, filling that void or missing void or whatnot. Um, Because that's somebody I always go to and share, like, updates with me, like, life updates as far as stepping into my own, just really doubling down on things I believe in, just sheer confidence. Like, that's somebody I always get updates to. Because he was somebody that may have always seen something in you prior to everyone else. Like, he already could see it. So, like, things you might share with him, it would be no surprise. Things I would share that might share with him, it would be no surprise. It would be more like, well, about time type thing. Right. yeah, I definitely feel you on that, man. But uh, yeah, long live Shane again, always. always. He will be proud of you. But you do got some stuff going on. I know a lot of people watching may know you from um, Strictly Battle Rap, but what makes Far Out work and what helped kind of define it in the beginning stages was that you always didn't just want to do one thing. You know what I mean? You kind of, you know, well-versed. So it's Battle Rap. I know you always mentioned modeling and acting, man. So if you want to speak on opportunities you can speak on, things you've been doing, like how that's been going. I know you recently did shoot something so yeah cool. how's that bag then um you know that's that's the best part about far out is from from the jump they embraced me um you know Curtin and shane embraced what i was wanting to do they had really never even heard me rap but battle rap was different it wasn't like i was doing music it wasn't like i was just you know producing or being a dj i was battle rapping in the south and they didn't know how good i was going to be what was gonna come from this mm-hmm. and you know they y'all, y'all embrace me y'all embrace me it's like look it's different it's not something everybody else is doing and then i started to stand out so 
to see where I'm at now with modeling opportunities. Um, I got a role, uh, one of the lead roles in the sequel for the Five Heartbeats, um, and we'll be filming this year. Okay. Um, as well as you know being able to travel the world with Battle Rap, going to London uh, in July, going to Toronto again in April, and going to Nigeria in May. You know, just being able to travel all around to rap for nine minutes. That's how I look at it. And I'm getting paid to travel the world and experience life uh, without far out believing in me and accepting me for being different and wanting more. I don't know if I'll be here, you know, with some of those things today. So, uh, but that's, you know, all I got coming up and RBE uh, March 25th uh, in Atlanta. Okay. You know so. Definitely wish I could edit in the clap. We can still edit in the clap. I just forget which one on the board <laughs> is. But no, nah, that's a big shit coming up. But speaking of RBE, Rare Entertainment, you are signed, act under them, or signed battle rap artist. So how has that been being signed for battle rap to a major platform out of Charlotte? What's that been like for you? Um, one, it's, it's surreal because I've done more than a lot of artists in the city have done. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of artists in the city have not got signed to anything or traveled the world you know i pretty much at this point you could say i'm on tour you know i don't really battle in charlotte i'm always on the road i'm out the country and um being signed is just like it's crazy because i was one of the top or the not top the first seven people that rbe ever signed mm. rbe didn't do contracts they didn't believe in holding people to obligations and just kind of giving battle rappers the free will to go anywhere and um, the league owner just one day said, nah, I want to develop guys. I want to keep my guys in-house, still let them do whatever, but they represent our brand. And um, June of last year, uh, it was probably like a week before I did my first modeling uh, fashion show. Mm-hmm. And uh, down there in Miami, he, he offered a contract right after my battle. And a couple of days later, I signed. And, you know, it gives you one security. Um, it's something that you can be proud of to say that I'm signed to one of the top two battle rap leagues in the entire world. And I don't know Hell, too many are, people are, say right? that. Yeah, mm. that's in them. So it's just like we, we're right there. And to be a part of that and not only be a part of that, being able to be somebody that they invest in, mm-hmm. you know, the battles that I've gotten and, and the names that they have given me and the push that they have given me shows they actually believe in me mm-hmm. you know it's not just you know it's like signing to a team mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying what you want you want to play or you want to just say hey I'm signed and be on the bench and the fact that they allow me to play and do what I want you know as long as it's in good graces with them as well as embrace who I am you know speaking on other leagues they try to change me you know they told me I need to change how I look and do certain things you know but RBE embraced it. So being able to sign with somebody who embraces you for you, it kind of go back to far out, mm-hmm. right? Y'all never looked at me and say, hey, you need to be a certain way or fit a certain image. RBE says the same thing. So um, it's all in all, it's been a great experience. Um, I'm ready for the next battle. And yeah. There you go. So, so you got London on the board, Nigeria, Africa, amazing, Toronto. How long you gonna be in Nigeria for? You the perfect person I need to speak to. Really? Yeah, I need Why to get is that? Some. Are you Nigerian? No. Oh. Yeah. 
at all. Assuming all we all got goddamn say. Yeah, yeah, you African. Wawa, you, yeah, know, you, you from Nigeria. Well, I need I need like some some African, you know what I'm saying, some African sayings and stuff. So some I sayings. go over there uh-huh. and they be like, ah, okay, you know something. Yeah. I don't want to go over there and you know, I like to adapt to wherever I'm at. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah. They gonna know you're not from there soon. Oh, I already know. Yeah. Oh yeah. The man told me he was like, um, it's different out here. I'm thinking he's talking about battle rap. Yeah. I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure it is. He's like, no, we got hyenas running around. Yeah. Oh, shit. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You Those are real animals. You should have started You should have started the conversation off with that. Yeah. You don't end the conversation with that. But I can't wait for the uh, experience. My mom might come. That will be great. She's contemplating whether she want to go to London or um, Nigeria. She should definitely go to Nigeria. I think everybody, everybody black, Every black American should go to Africa. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. the only place you can actually see people. They're happy to see you there. For sure. I did see that. Yeah, and everybody's black. Cops, you know, politicians. We're well, not black. You know, Why African. You had to say cops first. I'm just saying. You know, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot different when you know you see people. You get you get police different when it's your own people. Right. right. Yes, because they know. You know, when black people sometimes we we out having a good time. We we laughing loud doing stuff, but. Somebody that's not from that culture could see that as, oh, they about to start a fight. Right, right. So right. I always wonder, do they look at us differently? Because, you know, they say it's like kind of a division between black U.S. born citizens versus, you know, mm-hmm. straight from the motherland. Like how they might. Yeah, Africans feel, Africans feel that they um since they come over here and they work. They like, oh, it's not that hard. Just black people are just lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those stereotypes. Yeah, they just, just think, you know. Yeah. Which isn't true, but you know, it's just. I saw that on TikTok. I saw a girl saying uh, how she went to Africa. She's talking about how it's dangerous, and then somebody from there was like, "Yo, you live in America. There's mass shootings." Like, yeah. Like, what are you time. talking about? Yeah. Fucking tell you, we bad. But that Andrew. that's that's the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is going over there and see how they treat me. Because mm-hmm. you know, I I remember going to London and like being out in the city, people already knew I wasn't from there, and they were just staring. Mm. And I had went to Italy while I was out there the second time, and it was like. Nobody around there was black. Yeah. It was like the older ladies who be in the shops. Because I went to um, Venice. So I was on um, the canal, Grand Canal. And this lady, she walked up to me, oh, your skin's so beautiful, stuff like that, right? But then when I went to the airport in Italy as well as London, they were just staring at me. It was nothing but people who wasn't looking like me or they looked like me, but they didn't look like me. Yeah. And they look at you different. So it was like, how they looked at me in the airport versus how they looked at me in the actual cities, it was different. So I wanted to see how it is out there in Nigeria. You know, mm-hmm. are they accepting of me? Because just to be honest, I am darker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're going to tell that I'm not from there, but I am darker. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> nah, man. Yeah, I'm listening. They're going to fuck with you, bro. Think, think they thinking about some old times at Harden. <laughs> right. Where I may used to have some. Jokes that I wouldn't say. Some colorist jokes, Kurt. And we had yeah, some I'm times, not gonna man. Say that. I'm not uh-huh. going to say that. No, nah, we're not going to put racism or anything, we'll colorism the on them. We'll just say things are in the Darkness. past. Things are in the past. Black is beautiful. It is, in all shades. All shades. Right. Wale has a beautiful song about that. I know she's a big fan. Of, Ebony's a big fan of Wale. Bliss. Um, Yeah, beautiful Bliss. J. Cole. No, that's the one with J. Cole. Yeah, Shades. Some of my light skin. What say about somebody? That's a beautiful record. I mean, but colors. sometimes some of them jokes hit. I heard some good ones. I don't really make jokes about that shit no more. I used to when I was younger and ignorant, but um. So you saying so you, you out of jokes? You don't got nothing left. I mean, I just don't anymore. You don't really realize how ignorant you are until you get older. Like I could say shit. Well, I used to say for people watching, we all went to Harding University High School together on the west side of Charlotte. So we all went to Harding. Shout out to HU. Shout out to HU. We're all H-S. products of Harding, but um. Well, I'm a half a product. Well, you're. 
Yeah, you're still part of Fabric of Harding. But, you know, we all had jokes about, you know, why why you about say what? some shit? I ain't going to say what you said on the microphone, but <laughs> you used to say something, something, or die. <laughs> yeah, so I ain't going to touch on that. That's wild. Yeah, there is something That's I don't wild. think Wawa remember uh, in ninth grade that he did to me. Oh, shit. Yeah. Trauma, let's bring it up, baby. Trauma. Let's talk about it right here. So I think we were in class. I forgot which. Yeah, oh, we, we might have to. Uh, I think we were in class, and I didn't know Wawa was African yet. Oh. So I was like, oh, it's another dark skin nigga in here with me. Yeah. And he was like, nigga, I'm African. You black as fuck. Ooh, we, ooh, ooh. And he shit. thought I forgot that shit. <laughs> right? Forget that, that shit. Hey, bro, I was. Hey, bro, hurt people, hurt people, bro. Somebody that probably hit me with a dark. Like that, that is, somebody though. hit me with a dark skin Ninth African joke on the way in there. I, nah. I want to say it was science class or something, bro. <laughs> that makes hella sense though about hurt people, hurt people. Now that we're older, oh God, somebody probably hit me with a dark joke before I walked in there and I saw your ass. I was like, I'm gonna get him. Fuck yeah, that. no, nigga, I'm actually African. I'm supposed to look like this. What's your excuse, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God damn, yeah, man. that's what it sounds like. I God went home. Damn. I told my mom, I'm like, niggas are hard and different. I'm gonna have to fight there. Damn. Well, <laughs> shit, nigga. In uh. What else I gonna say? In fifth grade, I thought I was just you know normal a dark skinned guy, but I yeah. remember because I had to switch schools because I was going to some Christian school that got shut down. Then I went to Behringer, and I remember just being in the hallway, a teacher just taking us you know I guess to the bathroom or whatever. And one of the kids walked up to me and he was like, "You black?" And I was like, "Yeah, we all black." He's like, "No, you black, black." Mm. And it's been down it's been downhill ever mm. since. <laughs> <laughs> I got like, over that. I've been I got pain now. I got to share got share my pain now. Understood, man. But we—I oh, feel like we coming out of that age of that colorism. Or a lot. I was gonna say we coming out of that age. We definitely still face it. People yeah. still face it. Whether you're a man, woman, whoever you are, people Black still man. face that every day. Um, I'm glad y'all are healed. Everyone's growing, Ooh. thriving. We're working on being healed. We're okay. working on being healed. <laughs> working on being healed. <laughs> working on being healed. I got um, caught some shit in school. Hey, Black is beautiful, man. Black is beautiful. I never, oh, off air, obviously, in like just in general conversation. I know people joke on you a lot, say you look like Tyrese. Tyrese a battle rap. That's like the running joke because they. That's not. That's not a good. They always make fun. of They always call him the Tyrese a, a battle rap, but it's, I know Tyrese is kind of like funny. Like, what more do you want from me? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling, feeling bad for Tyrese, and it's like, okay, something's really wrong with Tyrese, bro. He that should just not bro. be on socials, or somebody should manage his shit. But anyway. Uh, I think it was like he was on one of those shows, like one of one of those shows. Um, I forget it comes on. Um, it was like a black six show. No, it's show? like one of those shows. I forget one of those TV networks that do it. Like you know how they do unsung is one of those networks. Mm-hmm. TV one, I think they had a special okay. on him. Um, it's like a one on one uncensored. Yeah, Tyrese, and he talked about uh, how he never thought he was handsome growing up because he was dark skinned. Yeah, and they were talking about just insecurities and how he grew out of them. I never, speaking on colors, I remember you mentioned you didn't feel like you were handsome and now you do get praised for being this part. They make fun <laughs> of you. Say, fuck I mean, the battery, right, they can make the fun of you. Now. So you think you, pre- you know, it's battery. Right. They're going to try mm-hmm. to take angles. But it's just um, interesting, though, like, because a lot of women, you know what I mean, might feel like the color, they might feel the, the, the impact of that colorism stuff. But a lot of males can feel that too. A lot of men growing up can feel that. So it's yeah. just interesting how we inflict pain on each other, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause I was, I mean, you could technically say it was bullying. Yeah, it um, is. I just, you know, excuse my French, I wasn't a hoe. You feel me? So I wasn't going for certain things, but you know, I would get picked on from, you know, all sides of the spectrum. I'm getting picked on at school, no matter what school I went to. You know, what I'm saying I was getting picked on for being dark skinned. Um, I'm just thankful that you know, cause that can really hurt a lot of people's self esteem. I never hated my skin. 
it was just like I didn't feel, you know, worthy, but I never looked in the skin, looked in the mirror, like I don't want to be dark skinned no more. Yeah. Same. But, you know, people made it a bad thing, like growing up, you know, especially, you know, we grew up in a time where all the, uh, all the girls wanted the light skinned niggas. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or so, eyes and shit like yeah. That. So, they look at me. I'm, I'm I'm the opposite side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You feel me? I'm not no light skinned nigga at any point in life. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So it's like, all right, you know, you grow up, you grow up, and then now you get older, and it's like it's embraced. But people don't, you know, understand everything that came before that. Mm -hmm. You know, all the jokes and all the, you know, you got to get fights because it, it, at some point you're gonna have to say, look, I'm gonna keep dealing with this every day, or I'm gonna show you like you ain't about to talk about me like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, I'm gonna say yeah, women. Uh, I'm gonna say women yeah. deal with it too, especially like dark skin women. Somebody walks up to them and always says, "Oh, you look pretty for a dark skin, skin girl." girl. Yeah, which is say. crazy to say to anybody. We're still coming out of that phase now. Where people do say that. It just, it just definitely I makes like you my more chocolate calm. girls. Yeah, I do too. Every girl I ever dated, like, and seriously dated, all like brown skin, brown skin, dark skin. So it's just um, it's just interesting how you unpack things as you get older, and then yeah. you realize, well, where does this come from? I always think of Malcolm X. Who taught you how to hate yourself? Mm, right. Right then and there. Who who taught you how to hate yourself? Simple question. You look apologize at it. for my ninth grade comments. He apologized. You accept his apology? I appreciate you, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate you. Bro. I was hurting, bro. I, hey, up? look at that. That hat and your color scheme, I appreciate. So we good. Oh, yeah. Well, it's probably insider. Maybe not such an insider joke with that, but whatever. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, whatever. We we making peace. We progressing. We growing, man. That's beautiful, man. But you know, Zay, you part of Far Out, you know, from the very beginning. It's really the original three. And while we always support him, he even lived in Seattle. He watched the pod. And, you know what I mean? Always support. And now talk about phone conversations and him being back in Charlotte and then being on the shit with us and helping out, too. So um, with that, you know, we have a segment. Uh, that's far out, but now more so far out shit. So, did you see anything that's like some far out shit this past week or just recently that you're like, yo, that's that's wild, or that's some far out shit? Rather cool, dope, or just like, yo, that's wild. That's um, far out I, shit. I think I always see wild stuff to the point where it doesn't even it's like normal now. It's normal. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it's normal. One thing it was a couple weeks ago. Um, I just found it funny because I think it was right after Shannon Sharp got into it with. John Morant, oh, his dad? Yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. that Brett Favre was suing uh, Shannon Dang. Sharp for defamation. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, bro, you just trying to get the money back, bro. You trying to get the money back to pay the church. Right. We know you did wrong. You stole all that money. You stole all the money. You, you messed up, and now you trying to get the money off Shannon, bro. Come on. It's fucked up. You talk about, like, just double standards and, like, how when a black man or just a black person mess up, they are just held to such a higher standard, or just the fire is just way more turned up under them. Mm -hmm. If a white person do it, it's just... Water under the bridge type right. shit. Like um, I think Stephen A. He uh he's promoting a book that he just put out, and on his on his run his press run he was talking about I think Charlemagne or somebody asked him has Skip ever got in trouble or pressed and Skip said it how a million and crazy thing a million and one things that never really got hot water never got suspended or nothing so it's just crazy like yes we're making progress in media and more black faces and black people to tell these stories or you know what i mean do these jobs but mm -hmm. you know still don't really suffer the consequences or we suffer the consequences versus that they don't so that is interesting to bring up shannon sharp and brett Favre. And, like who caught hell somebody else was trending around the same time as brett Favre. i was like the um <coughs> i think uh shannon sharp i never want to be like 
his type of famous because I know y'all see the video of him walking in the airport. He was like, "Really, dude?" And he was just like, "Yeah, really." Like yeah, he's like, "Why?" Yeah. And he's like, "Why not?" <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. Like that's a, of, that's a level of famous. He's just like talk about uh, the double standards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of stuff, Deion Sanders, his comments. He said that he wanted his quarterbacks to be from a two parent household with a three point three point five GPA because you had to be a leader in men. Mm-hmm. He wanted his defensive linemen to come from Section 8, one single-parent household. Oh, they trying to save mama. Yeah. Now, for me, I didn't necessarily get too upset because I understood what he meant. You want, on your defensive line, you want people who hungry. You want some they, dogs. You want some dogs. Like you yeah. want but I just feel like, especially with how he left Jackson State, he should have worded that a little different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, say he's pandering to white people and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I see like, that. Come on, Dion. Yeah, I see I that. support you, man. And a white dude in there interviewing him, too. Um, it's a dude from the NFL Network. Oh, Rich Eisen. Uh, yeah, Rich Eisen. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good-ass point, too. Wow, you seen these far-out shit recently? Or actually, not even far-out shit. Do you have any wild wisdom? Uh, this week? week, yes, I do. It's kind of, I think I already kind of brushed over it, but I'm going to do it again. So... I went over this before. Banks is not where you need to put your money at. If you're saving, you, your bank should only have an emergency fund for basically for you just to pull out for whatever emergencies you have. You need to put that other money into some type of investment or something of that nature. Because if you just let your money sit in the bank, we all see inflation going up. Eggs is $10 a cart. So, yeah, if every, your money's sitting there, you're losing probably about 2 to 3% of it every year because inflation keeps going up. So, I always tell people, get an emergency fund, stack that up, leave that in the bank, and then use the rest of that money. Make your money work for you. Make your money make money. And there's a million ways to do that. Um, I talked about a few on the other episodes. Uh, or you can, you know, go to YouTube and just type in how to make money. They'll show you a million videos on how to how people make money on the Internet. Okay, shit. That's so, yeah. Uh, emergency fund, invest the rest of your money. Invest in yourself. Invest in some courses, you know, stocks. You know, get into real estate, anything. Just make make your money work for you. Because if your money sits still, it's, it's, you're losing. You're always losing. That's some good wild wisdom. I know you're always on a financial tip and whatnot. Uh, I want to talk about, you just jog my memory about that, uh, some comments this real estate guy made a few weeks back. Um, I forget his name, but he basically said he wants to kind of, he wants to be able to use the N-word because he helps black people so much. <laughs> but he also... Um, he basically said he dumbs down his information for this demographic. And 19 Keys was talking about how, you know, you can't just become disrespecting us and things of that nature. Yeah. Have you heard of the dude? I forget, I forget his name. He's a white man. He's famous for real estate. Mm-hmm. But he's, I think he's been on Earn Your Leisure before, too. So he wants to use the N-word because he's helped black people? Yeah, I was going to ask that. What did you think about? You might have not have seen his comments. I he just wanted to use it and use it. I'm about to say, I feel like, yeah, yeah, but he's one of those guys that kind of gets his bag off of black people with doing these, these workshops and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and he yeah. talks about how he dumps his stuff down for black people. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of basically disrespecting us. So. Right. Man, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Man. Nah, I mean, I, I might have seen him before, but no, nah, that's crazy. Yeah, I forgot his name, man. But it just made me, you always talk about financial stuff. But it just made me think about how we're at a disadvantage. Growing up, we're not taught things until we get older. And then um, and we get in these spaces where, you know what I mean, we learn. You learn real estate, you learn about you know wealth. And then maybe the people that have been had access or the privilege to access this thing, they... It's still like a it's like finessing people, like you know, let's get these blacks, let's make them feel important. Yeah, let's talk dumb to them. Let's let them let's take their money and then hey, let me call you a nigga at the end of this shit. I deserve to be called shit. Yeah, no, that's 
pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny you say that to kind of continue the big groove, the groove mm. gorilla. Ooh, he shit. changed his name, right? Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's not bad. He he, you know what I'm saying? He, embarrassing to me. That. Not the worst. That other guy's the worst, the worst, though. The chicken nigga. They, yeah, who's the one that be know, making man. all the noises and they both annoying. They they put up a video of him dressed as a monkey. He was dressed as Donkey Kong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know he already done did the watermelon Jesus thing. Devontae Christ. He, he he reminds me of a you know. Yeah. He should be in 1920 if he acting like that. Yeah, yeah. We I just think gotta stop is, supporting yeah. other people. The more we posted, the more that's some far out see shit. It too. That's embarrassing to me. Uh, I just hate when they pander to white people because I was reading on Twitter, uh, people were saying he does this in predominantly white spaces. Like he does. You know I mean, and then they say the music is in like his headphones, so it's not so, even like music playing. Like, so now he just look like if a nigga broke out dancing just right there because he got earphones in there. I'm like, bro, nigga. And they say he musty too, so it's extra annoying. I mean, yeah, you got this big ass muscular nigga just dancing. Hey, he musty. Yeah, they say he musty. He got a stint on. But I seen some other girl too on TikTok. She was eating a watermelon all aggressively, like trying to be funny. And I'm with my boy uh, Bilal. Bilal's our frat boy, my frat brother. He always talks about they need to abolish it. Y'all know Bilal. He always talks about they need to abolish the internet. And he says <laughs> this is choice words. It's funny. He just posted a picture like a week ago. Yeah, That's but so he's saying like as far as the behaviors it it pr- brings out of people like trying to be funny and it's just not funny like just black people trying to some they, of us they trying some people are trying too hard to make it yeah they bro. will do anything for and a that's bit. and that's the bit. worst that's the worst type of people yeah. like you gonna do anything you don't care about your morals your integrity no dignity your family none of that shit you trying to make it and these people are laughing at you they're not laughing with you yeah. we see that big motherfucker dance we ain't laughing at you know, laughing with him. Yeah. Laughing at that nigga. I did I did think it was funny they made a petition to try to get his shit pulled down. Ironic you say that the person who made the petition is somebody I know. He's a battle rapper from Wilmington, <laughs> North Carolina. He lives out here in Charlotte. His name is Martin Luther Lean. I see he's I Martin Luther Lean. Yeah. Martin Luther He started Lean. that he, he started the petition. A nice on Shout out to Lean, man. Shout I'd out to Martin Luther Lean. Yeah, I, I, I think I probably been in the name. same space as him. I definitely noticed him on Twitter. I don't know how he followed you, probably through you, but yeah. He's kind of like a viral guy now on uh, Twitter. That's funny. He started that petition. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think I seen him um, yesterday. He t- said I might have to start another petition. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, man. So he he come to these places and he's dancing and he's musty and he's musty. And he eating these people food. Musty. Just and imagine. Just imagine we was at Harold's a couple weeks ago. Just imagine niggas just eating and then somebody just get up and just start mm. and just start dancing, <laughs> just going ham. Now, how was Harold's? We just talked about that. Go ahead, bro. He, he had already is, is talked it worth about going it. to? No, not in my opinion. It's not. We went to when we went to well when I went to visit Nick in Chicago last year. I went to the actual Harold's. You know, it's based out of Chicago, right. so it's a change now, a chain now. So they got one in Atlanta and one that's open in Charlotte. To me, well, this nigga was hungry, so he thought the chicken was good because he's hungry. But it was good. It wasn't great. It was good though. I mean, to me, I I just did experience better than Bojangles. Nah, nah. better than Popeyes. Nah, nah. better than Turkey. It's just, <laughs> I don't go to churches though. I I just feel like that's just a bucket of grease. I I haven't had churches in years. I feel like that about Chicken King. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had KFC in years, but yeah, from what I remember, I feel like that about Chicken King. It's a bucket of grease. But I think I went to the wrong one. Maybe I went to one. I, sh- I don't want to say. I don't want to talk about which one. But they all the same. Chicken I King is bucket of grease. It is. Yeah, because I had it. Everybody go crazy for it, but then I had it. Like that shit made my stomach. Yeah, they burgers. Burgers is good. 
I like the wings. The wings you know what I learned yeah. though too about white people? Like they always talk about us eating healthy and poor, but some of the country white folks, bro, the people I work with, they drink Dr. Peppers all the goddamn time. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is Mountain drink. Dew is like their goddamn that shit is penny a, for black people. That shit is serum. I guess stereotypes. Any <laughs> any yeah. Mountain Dew. We talk about stereotypes. Yeah, but bro, they love Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew uh bangs. Yeah. Any man. type of energy drink. This white girl, she's cool. But she loves Mountain Dew or Dr. Pepper. She's always ordering Chicken King. It's like, do y'all not care about high blood pressure? Do y'all not care nope. about it? And they always talk about us. They try to make us, like, they eat, if not more of the bad shit, they always I try mean, to say we eat. let's be honest. I ain't never mind. I ain't going to say it. No, I said it. Nope. Hey, brother. You had to cut this part out. All right. It would be bad well, for the brand. All right. We'll, we'll skip out past that. But, yeah, well, Harold, I just, um, to get back to it, to me, the one in Chicago is literally like a chicken spot. You're in and out. Like Chicken King. Like, you could have the option to sit down and eat, but it's not like they don't make it like this experience of like lounging. It's not like let's take out our phones and let's vlog, let's record. It's literally let's get some chicken, let's eat or or, or take it to go and call it a day. Get your food and get out of here. Like here, like they try. I think I guess the one in Atlanta. I haven't been to one in Atlanta, but I guess they try to make it like a, a lounge type of atmosphere. And uh, it just wasn't that. And it just wasn't. I don't know. Like we were talking on a, on a previous episode how we Charlotte was kind of searching for an identity still type of thing. I I just feel like there's no real way that you can mix a lounge and chicken. They try they, to do it here. They don't. That's not going to really ever mix. The and crowd the service, that chicken brings in. Yeah, is different. Than <laughs> yeah, the it's crowd like, bro, I don't want to be looking. You got at chicken grease in one hand and hookah in the other. Yeah, man. And then um, the drinks were our drinks were good. It took forever for our food to it come like out. forty minutes for the drinks, but when they came, they was hitting. Yeah, the drinks were strong. The chicken wasn't that seasoned that well. I mean, like I know people go crazy for the mild sauce. The mild sauce wasn't that good. I like the mild sauce. Nice service. No. Look, no, that was the worst part of it. Nice. But and but to be fair, yeah. To be fair, not to just shit on Charlotte's <laughs> Harold's. I remember Wale, he had a song. What y'all hell y'all at? Yeah, this nigga's stupid, man. And uh like Wale, he had a song, I know Evan knows that way, right? He said, Tell me about Chicago, get some miles from Harold's. This here's overrated, but I love your city, baby. Oh yeah. Yeah, Harold's. yeah. yeah. So a lot, even in Chicago, when people say it's overrated, but um, the one for Charlotte, the one in Chicago, the chicken was better. Um, the mild sauce here didn't hit like that. I got the lemon pepper on top of mine. Maybe I should have got it on the side. It just wasn't the same. Um, experience just wasn't the same. And um, they trying to make it something where it's different in Chicago. And then again, Charlotte, we're kind of that city that kind of struggled with that identity piece. So they're searching. They're gonna go the extra mile, even if it doesn't match. They want it to work. Yeah. Exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Perfect way to put it. Um, but shit, you're actually born and raised in Charlotte. So being a person that's charted a path here in the lane that, you know, people have tried before and they had success, but not quite the same success as yours. Being an actual born and raised resident, unicorn, as we say, people are actually born here. What do you think about Charlotte and our identity? Like I saw someone say Charlotte is a city that lacks balance, right? So what do you think here as our city as an identity? Do you think we're on the cusp of becoming who we are? Because we got the people. We have the creators. We have the, I feel like the events are coming. It's just maybe just knowing the right people. But what do you think as identity? Though? As of our culture. As of this date at this time, I don't think we're nowhere close. Um, I think we're getting further away from an identity. Mm. Um, I remember Charlotte in the 90s, early 2000s. The Hornets were big. Yep. Now you go to a Hornets game, there's more people there for the other team. Even when the Hornets sucked in the 90s, at the times that they did suck, they were pretty good for the most part. But when they did, they were still packing out the Charlotte Coliseum. Mm. No more Charlotte Coliseum. P- 
people don't care about the Hornets as much. It's yeah. more oh. of a melting pot city. So if you get 100,000 people from New York and then D.C. and Miami and, and uh, Texas and California, and then you only have, you know, a certain amount of people that are actually from Charlotte that are here, you're already outnumbered. Mm. And as crazy as sound, being from Charlotte, I'm outnumbered when in the city. Yeah. I, I know one person that I consider a friend that is from Charlotte, born and raised, and that's Stu. Yeah. Everybody else is from a different place. Yeah, I don't want to be from that born and raised. Because even uh, my, our boy Evan, like, he's from Charlotte, but his people is from Connecticut. So even if you are born here. Yeah, I wasn't born here. But yeah, like, really my parents from somewhere else. I mean, they're from North Carolina, but yeah. it's just like here. And then the stuff that we do have that we're, you know, we could tie ourselves to is look at it, right? Like, culture-wise, we only know, like, Hidden Valley. But then look at the association. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know Hidden Valley as a community. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know what I'm saying? We know it as a community. Yes, it has other stuff with it, but that's an identity. You think anybody else really knows or care about? If they're coming to Charlotte, they don't know about Hidden Valley. They don't know about anything. Our football team is not good enough to where it presents its own culture. Right. Once again, we're outnumbered in fans. We don't have a baseball team. We don't have a hockey team. We just got a soccer team. Who cares, Speaking right? Football, though, I remember the 49ers this past season had a game here. Whole stadium was red, burgundy. Yeah, I was out. Yeah, I was downtown when that happened. It was red. Oh, bold. Yeah, you, it see was the, bad. you see the Carolina blue seats, but they filled with restaurants. Was, was throwing 49ers parties in yeah, Charlotte. Bro. It was crazy. It's just we're not that even, even losing CIAA. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's that in Charlotte, our prime. That I think hurt. Charlotte was CIAA. Like, because if you take a look at it, and the year the Panthers were Super Bowl. Epicenter. Was amazing. Alive after five. Mm-hmm. Now look at it now. Yeah. There's no CIAA. We don't have. That's the only time the city like, would get lit. Yeah, that's the only time the city would get lit. And it would get lit with, you know, blacks, black, black stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we have? Now that's when you have to bring a Harold's chicken and make it a lounge. Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to build something. There's no side of town. The best culture that we have in Charlotte is East Charlotte. That's, that's really the that's only kind of the most untainted. Man. Yeah, yeah still, because it's yeah. not, it's yeah, not. It, you know, they didn't try to tear the West Side in half. You know, like it's West gentrified. Is, yeah, you go down Freedom, up. bro. You start out one part look familiar. You get down towards downtown. You're like, what is this? Like, damn. This ain't the old Freedom. You know what I'm saying? We used to have the Midtown Mall and everything. That shit is gone. Mm-hmm. Eastland Mall. That was, you know, that. That's a Charlotte staple for real. People get that. that Eastland Mall had to go, though. People people get shot every day there. People get shot at Northlake now. Yeah. Northlake is pretty bad, too. Northlake is definitely bad. a ghost town now. Every time I go out there, I'd be like, why am I here? Northlake is bad. I mean, that's also, I seen something earlier today. Um, I ain't going to say his name, but he he passed away. Mm -hmm. And he was a very, I'm just going to say, Kevin Samuels, right? Mm -hmm. He had said that the two major jobs that black women hold, I forgot what it was, but the other one was retail. Mm. He said, if you take a look at it, malls are dead. Mm. Nobody's going to malls anymore. Nobody's going into stores to shop. Everybody's doing everything online. So when you take a look at that, a lot of our young black women are starting to lose jobs because this is one of the two top two fields that they go into Mm. is the retail. And, you know, when we're talking about North LA mall and, like it is, it do be there. Like, yeah. There's gonna be shit going on there. Shit at that like Charlotte has no identity. Mm. You know, that's what I said too. We had got the baby, and then you see what happened with that, right? Mm. Niggas from the city was pissed because mm-hmm. they like, now nah, he ain't even from here. I I have my own opinion on that, but 
it just is what it is. Like, like we don't have Charlotte no hating though. Ide- yeah, I mean, you know. I, that's our identity. He's been here in ninety. That is our identity. We, 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 we gonna hold somebody down. We gonna hate. Bro, he's he been hate. here since what ninety nine, first grade. If I if we blow up tomorrow, and I claim Pennsylvania, Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, people are like fuck out of here. He's been since, since high school. He's from Charlotte. He went to eighth grade here. He's from I Charlotte. know him. They gonna say you're from Pennsylvania, and then you are gonna show him your chest tat, and they gonna be like, oh, he definitely not from Charlotte. Yeah. So, but <laughs> yeah, fact. but I'm saying it's just like. If I did try to claim it, let's say somebody like, well, he really not from the city for real, for real. But I've been here. I claim Charlotte as my home. You know, been here. here. Been here. So it's interesting. Somebody that blew up like the baby that was born in Cleveland was been here since he's what first grade. He actually claims the city, and people, well, really, he's been here since he just got like nigga first grade. You can say they're from here by that point. So if you if you come here during middle school, I feel like you from here. Yeah, I come like come on, bro. We we can't claim Curry. He's same situation. Yeah. They both from the same goddamn place. Curry from Akron, Ohio. Well, born in Akron. So, so it's like, come on, bro. You can't. Yeah. I've like you've been here a certain time automatically off rip. I just only I still bring up PA only because like thirteen. Some of my friends started high school and I came here, and some of them friends like Lawrence. Y'all met, but I met Lawrence. Like I was talking to him today. So I mean, shout out Lawrence. I still have a strong connection to my hometown with some of my friends up there. But um, I claim Charlotte. It is my home. I always got love for PA though. But I don't know. Maybe that is. Dang, that sounds fucked up. Our identity is hating. It is. That's what, I mean, honestly, that's what has made it so special to make it out in what I do, you know, is um, it's a lot of hate. People don't really embrace you because everybody, because it's such an untapped market, especially in entertainment, nobody's really made it until the baby, right? But mm-hmm. everybody felt like they was going to be the one to make it. So mm-hmm. when you think you're going to be the one to make it and somebody else makes it, People are not quickly to embrace. Mm. If we were a different city, it was Atlanta. It'd be yeah. wouldn't really be. You have some haters, but you wouldn't have a bunch everybody of haters. support Atlanta. Yeah, and then uh, everybody in Atlanta support Atlanta. But you look at these cities like use this in Houston. Yeah, popped up, popping Atlanta, popping DC, popping Memphis, Memphis, <laughs> Memphis. Even uh, I was talking to Nick Memphis though. He's talking up. about how Baltimore got their own culture. Like they play their own people music. Yeah, Baltimore so the, club music. Yeah, so to kind of put a bonus since you are your own lane out of the city in Charlotte when it comes to battle rap. Do you feel any pressure for being like kind of really the only one that kind of um, made it to major feats? I tell, I tell these up and comers and guys who trying to get in that position all the time, you know, the pressure that y'all have and the standards y'all have is different. When I go places, I represent the entire culture of Charlotte battle rap. When they go places, they represent themselves and whatever part of Charlotte they from are claimed. It's a difference when you're the first to do something and then you also is the best to do it. Come on. The standard that you have and the pressure is different. I don't just I carry the pressure of some of my haters mm-hmm. because if I don't do well, they're not going to get another opportunity because they don't look at Charlotte in the first place. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking for the next star to come out of Charlotte in battle rap. They're looking at me. And so if I don't do what I'm supposed to do at these places when I go battle, that door going to close because it was never open. I had to I had to go through the window. You remember, you know, my me coming up, bro, the stuff I had to go through and now it's just like I did create my own lane and it is embraced by a lot of people in the city, a lot of artists and you know, uh figures, but at the same time within the community, those guys will never deal with the pressure I dealt with. You know, they will never understand what it is cuz I'm the first and the best. And so it is a pressure, but also at the same time, I'm made for the pressure. I, I appreciate it because if I'm in that situation where I feel any type of pressure, 
I'm right where I want to be. And when you sit up there and say you're going to be a star, everybody wants to be a star and not have to deal with shit. You know, even with the, the stuff with Shane, it comes with life. It, it's going to test how, how, how tough you are, you know, how much you can mentally break through. That's really what it's going to come down to is your mental capacity because you want to be a star. It's a lot that comes with it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is part of the game. So the pressure is just part of the game. It's just part of what come with who I'm destined to be. God damn. There you go, man. God damn. Shit, man. Well said, man. Hey, Shit. Up with me, nigga. Did you have you had you want to drop your socials on people that aren't already familiar with where they can fetch or find you at? Zaytoven Z A T O V N fifteen. Not Zaytoven with the Y. Please also, uh, you niggas out there, you artists. I ain't gonna say niggas, you artists. Please stop tagging me. I'm not Zaytoven a producer, man. Y'all hmm. tag me like every day I get tagged in something where somebody's got music going or something. I'm not that Zaytoven. Shit, man, go ahead and do a feature, bro. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Let's find one. Come on, Zaytoven. man. Zaytoven. They don't want me to get on the track, Kurt, <laughs> man. Zaytiggy beat. Oh, man. I got something. Well, shit, Zaytoven. You got Africa coming up, Toronto, London, International Day, far out. Far Appreciate out. you being on today. Appreciate you, sure, man. man. Proud of you, bro. Absolutely. you be doing, man. I appreciate you. Keep doing it, man. So, so signing off right here. I'm Kurt Architect. Boy, why two times? Zay. Zay, we out. Appreciate (laughs) y'all.